Greg, Maya, and Betty are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They're just a bunch of nerds who enjoy talking about movies, shows, and current events. So sit back, grab a coffee, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of All Queued Up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher and Betty Badger. How are you two doing today? I'm doing really, really well, finally. Had a very busy week, uh, and that's why we're recording on Friday, which is publishing day, so we're sorry for the delayed episode in advance. Uh, Betty, how are you? Um, I'm doing good. Like you said, I've had a busy week too, more, you know, doing the dental thing and uh, a little nervous about moving my sea monkeys, but otherwise I feel pretty okay. How about you, Greg? I'm doing good. I, I, I feel like I wish I was uh, a rapper wealthy enough to turn on my value solely for the idea of a tax break rich, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, <Feel you> there. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, uh, uh, this is going to be a good podcast, everybody. It's going to be a good episode. We're going to review uh, Bull Rat's subsequent movie film. Uh, mm-hmm. I pull up the full title of that, but I don't have it ready. Uh, and we're going to review the Netflix original, uh, The Devil All the Time. Star Make Star sure Star. you stick around for that one because it's amazing. Um, the, uh, I mean, I suggest you just go watch both of them, really. Oh, yeah. But uh, uh, which one would y'all like to dive into first? I, don't, I mean, work. we can go ahead and talk about Borat, subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. There you go. Yeah. Um, I was looking for it on my phone because I had a picture of it. It's a very nice. Uh, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> High five. <laughs> so the Johnny last time- the monkey, he's our biggest star and biggest porn star in all of Kazakhstan. Did you eat the monkey? <laughs> he ate himself. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, if uh, for those who haven't seen it, uh, Sasha Marco and he does characters that are intentionally off color, off the wall, to get people off guard, to get people to say and do things that they wouldn't normally do. Uh, a people or would have- normally do in the comfort of their circle of friends that they wouldn't do in public. Well, that's that's exactly what I mean. Because like the uh, if you haven't seen his show on 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 it was on it was on Showtime. It's now on Hulu. Um, it's called Who Is America. Uh, he played a series of different characters that all did different things to to get a reaction out of people. And some some were just let's see them be uncomfortable and kind of laugh at that. And others were. Hey, let's get this senator to say the N word and then sand N word, sand N word, to uh, uh, that that then forces this senator to uh, resign. Yeah, that was the Georgia politician a couple of years ago, and that was glorious. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, but the problem with Sasha is that usually his characters aren't extremely popular. Like there's Ali G, popular but not like extremely popular. Um, all of these characters kind of fit into that, like somewhat popular. Bullrat, on the other hand, is 
everyone knows who the fuck Borat is. Everyone's yeah, Borat was a cultural phenomenon when that dropped. I mean, that was back in 2006. Uh, the first movie was Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Uh, and I remember watching that and just laughing my ass off at the stupidity of the people who fell for it and just, and then this is before the rise of social media and smartphones and everybody having the internet in their pocket and everybody becoming a reporter. Yeah. Um, and I realized that these people are a lot more common. Uh, yeah. And he, he just, you know, he was ahead of the curve bringing these people to lot. I went back and watched Borat one after watching Borat two because I was like I want to I want to remember exactly like the difference between the films. There really isn't that much of a difference. I, I'd say the biggest difference is that uh, people didn't know who Borat was. So like in Borat two, Sasha has to play Borat playing a different character, like John Chevrolet. <laughs> uh, and- and actually the one who explained that he has to wait like every 10 years to do something like this. So people have time to forget. I think that's what he said. He said he has to wait yeah. like 10 years because uh, people, ugh, people just recognize him. And, and he, he leaned into that with Borat too, as well. Like, uh, which is still surprised me that people fell for is like, how, how did you forget? How did you not know? You know, uh, that, that's he. So, We'll get into it a little bit later in this in the discussion, but Sasha had an interview with uh, uh, Stephen Colbert, and it was about 15 minutes long, and he kind of went into a few of the things that people were like, how did you get away with that? Like, how did that go about? Um, and and uh, it's interesting, but um, one of the biggest differences between uh, movie one and movie two is uh, Maria Bakalova, or who plays his daughter, Tutar. Um, she, she's going to have a fucking stellar career ahead of her <laughs> just straight up. Like she's fantastic. Um, Oh yeah. She did an excellent job. I, she was, she was definitely, you know, a central part of the comedic value of this movie. 100%. They, uh, Steven asked uh, Sasha how he went about casting her. Because there are moments in the movie where the whole scene with the like the the conservative women group, yeah, oh, yes. um, uh, that was one hundred percent real. By the way, uh, uh, just about here is the thing: just about any scene in that movie where they're interacting with another person uh, is is one hundred percent like they don't know it's a character. Uh, he he kind of went over like how how he wanted because he never wanted to actually do a sequel to Borat. He was like, I don't want to ever do it. It's too popular. It'll never work. And it wasn't until somebody brought up the point of like, like what if we lean into it? And that's when I think he came up with the idea of having a, 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 um, a son or a daughter. I and like they- the daughter. I like the fact, you know, cause I do think that, yeah, you know, it wasn't just a Borat movie. It was also kind of a cute little story about a father and a daughter bonding. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that was a very smart move. Yeah. But, uh, he went through, uh, him and his, his crew went through 500 applications. To 600. Find. Was it 600? I think he said 500 on, on uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm looking at the entry right here. 
I'm looking at an entry right here. It says that she was cast in a role over uh, among over 600 actresses who auditioned. Interesting. I don't know. I, I I'm just going off of what I what I heard on. Yeah. The, I didn't read anything else, but. Um. Anyway, yeah, a lot. It's an insane like 500, 600 doesn't matter. That's an insane number of applicants. Like, mm -hmm. no movie goes through that many. It's maybe a hundred at max, but no, they they vet every single one and call the ones that they think even remotely fit the role. Um, but they like they didn't do that for this. They were just like, yeah, come on in. And once they narrowed it down to like a select few, the way that uh, the way that he said he went about making sure that she could improv alongside him and, and stay in character and all this kind of shit was to go out in public as uh, Borat and Tutar uh, and convince awesome. people that she, yeah, convince people that she was Tutar. And she, she did a damn good job. Oh yeah. He was like, she was the best one and she's fucking stellar. So, uh, and looking at the movie she had been in previously, I mean, that was like, wow. I wasn't expecting you to be that far ranging in your abilities, but girl, you're impressive, you know? Because yeah. to be able to pull that off, and, you know, a lot of it's got to be off the cuff to a certain extent. I mean, she really, she did fabulous. And, you know, just bringing that father-daughter story into it, I thought was really good. Oh, I hundred percent agree. Uh, it's it's this whole like, I'll I'll say this about about uh, Sasha. He's really good at the style of comedy where he creates a character and fucks with people. Um, but on the other hand, like he's also very good at writing a story. Uh, yeah. As, as a matter of fact, he has a movie on Netflix right now that's about a uh, uh, um, a protester that would put on giant stunts. It's like the trial at twelve or something like that. I have to look for that. Yeah. So Did what was y'all's uh, favorite scene? Oh, Do you God, have no. one? Mm, I don't I have a favorite. But I said the I last have... 30 minutes. The last 30 minutes of the movie is easily my favorite because that's that's the most let's let's fuck with people that we probably shouldn't fuck with. Um, which I'll, I'll again I'll get into what he said on Colbert about going to that pro gun rally slash anti mass rally. That was very pro-Trump. Oh yeah, um, I have to say the the Janice Jones, the babysitter that he had for her. Huh. See, he told her that he was filming a documentary, and that she would be filmed babysitting, and it's just basically you know cultural differences and everything. So she was just that was all her, you know, that was genuine and everything. Well, apparently, uh she only got paid $3,600 for the role. And, you know, she's like, I'm fine with that. I just wish, you know, they had been a little more honest with about what it was. Well, people started a GoFundMe for her this week. And a couple of days ago, it had raised $80,000. Oh, Sasha awesome. Perrin Cohen donated $100,000 to that GoFundMe for her. out of Oh, that's life. so awesome. Yeah, you know, so, Sasha. Sasha talks has talked about this in the past um, in different interviews where he says like the reason that people in my uh, uh, in in these like gotcha movies I don't know what he calls them uh, character films or whatever the reason they get paid so little is because it needs to look like a documentary as much as it possibly can 
it mm-hmm. can't look like it's something. And you can't poor. tell them the truth because it'll change how they act. Exactly. Exactly. So she she seems a little upset, like not super upset, just like, eh, I just wish I'd known it was a you know this kind of a movie. And it was like, I'm sorry, but if you had known, you would have acted different. You should and, and yeah, and people yeah. fucking love you. Like you exactly. are the star of this fucking other than the two Jewish ladies, you were the star of this film. Yeah, and and you know she came favorite. across genuine, and she makes she's made it up on the back end now. She's yeah. pulled in, she's getting over two hundred grand out of this now as as of recording. So yeah, she's really sweet. She deserves it. Yeah, my favorite scene, and this is so funny. It's it's one of Heather's too. Is um where they were at the cotillion. And the father-daughter and traditional fertility dance while she's on her moon bed. I died laughing. I mean, it was just, and all these people, they were getting into it at first, you know, and then she lifts her dress up and it's, there's all that blood and they were like, what the <laughs> fuck? I, I had to show dying. Misty. I had to show Misty that because she didn't want to watch it because she didn't like the first one because she things like that make her uncomfortable. I, uh, she gets anxiety just by seeing people get set up to be exposed for the, the jerk faces they are. Uh, she just she's very anti confrontational, and things like that just give her anxiety. So she has a difficult time watching anything like that. But I had to show her that. I was like, no, honey, you've got to see this. She's like, that oh, was hilarious. God. That was so <clears throat> funny. Uh, that that's- uh, Just the, the way he said it, though. My daughter has her moon blood. Can she still go to bowl? I think that some of the stuff that is is kind of minor that people don't really talk about a lot is like, and, and I'm kind of glad he did it, but the the uh the rhino therapy the 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 guy that the the plastic surgeon like what a piece of shit right absolutely nobody's talking about this piece of shit woman that's just like you want a sugar daddy like fuck you the fuck is wrong with you or the or the the like i don't want to cancel anybody but i'm sorry ma'am did you really just write that on a fucking cake like willingly Willingly and with a smile, and then put smiling faces down below it. So there, there's what Greg's referring to. There's a scene where he goes to buy a cake to give to his, uh, to give to his employer, uh, his director of Kazakhstan, uh, the premier, I believe, and the premier, whatever he called him. But he says, um, "I need a, a very glorious." A uh, very good size chocolate cake. Could you write this message on it? She was like, "What would you like it to say?" He's like, "Jews will not replace us," and put some smiley faces on it. And she did it, just happy as shit, no qualms yeah. about it. And then, yeah, the the uh, disgusted me. I was like, "You don't deserve the plastic that. surgeon." You know, he tells her, "This is my fifteen-year-old daughter. We want to give her big chest," and. You know, and he actually says, would you, uh, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, if you weren't here, I'd totally hit on her. It's like, you know, this is an old pervert. Said she was 15 and said, yeah, I'd totally get down with that. 
if your father weren't here oh my god what a piece of trash that's that's the thing i like about these movies because he shows what real assholes are really out there yeah it's it's awful and you know he he kind of like he talked about in 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 a in a in in a way about like why he doesn't show more of those people why he didn't like show where certain locations were because Mm -hmm. He doesn't want these people to lose their jobs. He just wants people to know that, like, we need to start holding others accountable for shit. Oh, absolutely. Like, like, yeah, you own a cake shop. Have some fucking morals, you know? Like, uh, no, and that would be the same type of cake shop that would deny somebody like me a cake. Uh huh. You know, the funny thing is, he is Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just I wonder how he felt when she did you know write that. And... Oh, he thinks he thinks it's hilarious. Like, um, there was uh there was an interview I saw of him back in God I want to say 2013, well after Borat One had come out, and um, I think it just done Bruno is what it was, and uh, he thinks that that shit like people fucking going to the extent of doing whatever he says that is awful, um. Or going along with it, he thinks that that like it's it's like when the Onion writes a satirical article and there's people that believe it, like it's it's that same kind of feeling of like or like when the Babylon Bee writes a satirical article and you know the president himself believes it's true and retweets it. The writer who wrote that article, I'm sure, is just like fucking on on cloud nine. Um. So briefly, I wanted to go into what he said on the on the on the. Uh, Colbert on the late show. Um, so Colbert, Colbert was asking how he got away with three different scenes in the movie. The first one being with the two um, QAnon style guys in the in the like shed or whatever in the shack. That was so weird. So people were very curious as to how he got away with that acting as Borat. How they didn't know who Borat was. Like, was it fake? Was it fabricated? You know, whatever. He says, so the way that it worked out was that as Borat, I walked up to a series of people walking out of this grocery store, asking them if they wanted to, and I believe it was in Ohio, I think is where they filmed it, but I I don't remember. Um, But he was asking them, like, could he stay with them? He didn't have a place to stay during quarantine. And this, these particular two guys said, yeah, sure. They were really nice. Um, The, as, as soon as that scene cut, like, the film crew walked up and said, yeah, we're filming a documentary, yada, 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 yada. <coughs> they signed releases. They were told they were getting paid. They went along with it. Uh, every scene that you see inside that cabin is 100% real. Uh, wow. what was when they went to the cabin, uh, the film crew set up some cameras inside like to film everything and uh, a few mics. And, and the guys knew that they were there. The, 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 they knew the mics were there. They knew the cameras were there. But what's funny is that... Uh, um, whenever Sasha would go into his room, he would close the door behind him or lock the door, and then he'd be out of character for a minute. He had a he had a steel briefcase that he had his laptop, phone, and anything else that could have given him away as Sasha, and he would unlock it when he th- when he felt he was safe. And uh, there was this one moment where <laughs> he's like. He's, he has his laptop out and he's about to contact his director and, and he has the uh, he has his phone out and all of a sudden he gets Borat, are you okay in there? He's like, I'm just gonna be quiet. I'm just gonna be silent. I'm not gonna say anything. Borat, are you all right? Is everything okay? Nothing. He, he goes, 
Borat, we're worried about you, buddy. He just goes, I'm all right. I, I just, uh, give me a minute. And like, he done fucking hucks the like laptop and, and everything under the blankets <laughs> really quick. Oh and my God. He's like, everything's good. Thank you. And closes the door. But, uh, they stayed together in that cabin for about five days. Wow. Yeah. And uh, they never caught on. Never caught on. Not one time. You know, with the exception of their beliefs, they actually did come across as two really nice guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a shame that some of the things they were saying were just absolutely awful. Oh, yeah. Um, like the whole, we really would like to do, you know, what we want to do to the Democrats, we can't do because, unfortunately, they have the same rights as we do. I'm like, that's a pretty horrible thing to say. Like, what exactly are you wanting to do, pal? Yeah, yeah, but at least you recognize they that we have the same rights as they do, so they can't do it, you know? I mean, I, <laughs> but I, I, the, I the sad thing I, is, that's the only thing keeping people like that in check. Yeah, well, I have to say, I feel that way sometimes myself. It's like, oh, man, I really like to bitch smack you right now, but I can't because you're allowed to say what you want to say, you dumbass, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think we all feel that at one point or another, you know? No, I don't I don't disagree there. Uh, you're right, but it, it's just sad. I hate... Uh, yeah, anyway... Well, that's, that's our democracy. Like that's, that's the way this country is, is built and and it should work. Like I don't, it shouldn't, I I know that people have said like, we need to have an IQ test or some kind of intelligence test to allow people to vote or some of that effect. And I go, that's a slippery slope. You start going into uh, um, uh, monarchies and, and demagogues and all this kind of shit. When you fucking start falling into the line of, we need to limit people's rights, period. So even though these people are fucking idiots, they still deserve the right to vote. <laughs> like, you know, I've laughed and said it's like, you know, it, it's it kind of makes, you know, eugenics kind of look like it maybe wasn't a bad idea. <laughs> now, do I really want to see that done? Absolutely not. But man, some people are so stupid. And you're just yeah. like, wow, how did you get here? How did you survive this long? Yeah, you know? It, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, 100,000 sperm shooting up the fucking vagina and you're the one that made the fucking... Race yeah. to the end. <sighs> um, so he talked more at length about the 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 danger that came from going to that pro-Trump, pro-gun rally, or whatever you want to call it, anti-mask rally. Um, so at the time of that filming, uh, because Steven said like it was pretty harrowing at the end there for you, and he was like, Yeah, so so what ended up happening was um we we were doing this at the exact same time that Black Lives Matter protests were going on in the same city. And a bunch of BLM protesters showed up to that rally in disguise, not knowing that we were there, and we had no idea that they were there. And one of the BLM protesters recognized me and yelled out, that's Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, no. To which a bunch of people that were there intentionally, uh, they caught on to it. And so um, at, at first, the way that it worked was when he went on stage for the first time, he sung a little bit and people were singing along, which is most of the footage that they got for the film. He tried to go back up a second time. And that's when the crowd like tried to rush the stage and get after him. Sasha being smart enough, hired a security detail to which like rushed him out into a into like a an old um, uh, ambulance style car or mm-hmm. truck, whatever you want to call it. And uh, there's actual footage of him being rushed out of there while people are trying to rush the stage. 
but being stopped by security. And him, like, on the ground, taking his hat off and, like, trying to cover his face because they were throwing all sorts of shit at that truck. Mm. All sorts of shit. They had to get the fuck out of there as quickly as possible. And apparently one of his security guards had told him this, that when uh, he tried to rush up onto the stage, the guy, like, pulled a pistol out. <gasps> and, yeah, and the security guard just grabbed his arm and goes, it's not worth it, dude. And they put it back. But, uh, like, holy shit, right? Like, that could have been the end of Sasha right there. So glad I'm not famous. Ah, no shit. Um, but that further, like, is the reason why, like, if he does these these movies again like this, he has to do either better fucking disguises or he has to hire people who are just as good at him as improv. He has to. Like, yeah. Uh, it's it's there's no other way around it, and I don't want him to stop doing these because he's fucking fantastic. But um, he did go at length into this into the uh, Rudy Giuliani thing, and uh, before we get into that, because he has a funny story about that, I don't give a fuck if you go. Oh, he was just tucking his shirt in. Sure, it's really fucking weird for a grown man to light all the way down in his back to tuck his shirt in that far into his pants. I get it. You could argue that he wasn't touching his shit. Uh, whatever, I don't care. You can argue until you're blue in the face that he didn't know she was 15, that his his production crew or whatever you want to call that didn't look at the America One website and see that she was 15, even though they put it on the fake America One website. You can argue that. Fine, whatever. He didn't know she was 15. If you still argue that it was totally acceptable and 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 professional and uh, um, appropriate for him to act that way to a fucking young reporter, you're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. That was fucked up. Do not care. Like, if you watch that scene and you left from it going, I didn't see him do anything wrong. Go fuck yourself. Sorry, I get. I'm very passionate about it because it's it's irritating. It's like, you know, you could have gone to the bathroom if you really need to tuck your shirt in. You could have just gone to the bathroom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Maddening. Um, Yeah. But he went into length about how that whole thing planned out. and That website that uh, the QAnon guys had found with her face on it was actually the fake website, part of the fake website they built. Um, And... uh, when they were excited, they got Rudy Giuliani. Um, they were they were excited because they didn't think they were going to get him. Uh, and they were setting up a hotel room with like a cutaway, like a hideaway spot for Cohen to sit in. So that way he, because the idea was that the only two people in the hotel room were Giuliani and Tutar. But they needed the shot with, you know, Sasha coming in with the mic and all that jazz. Um. So what they did was they, they literally like talked to the hotel. They they planned this days ahead. They cut out a, a small section of the wall for him to kind of hide in. And uh, there's a little lock behind it. That way, when the when the obvious de- security detail that was with Rudy Giuliani swept the apartment, they wouldn't find him. Yeah, what happened. So they so they get a call that Rudy's at the hotel and they're scrambling now to get everything in place. And Sasha like he grabs his phone, he puts it in his pocket. It's on airplane mode. And um, uh, and this is a way for him to keep in contact with his crew. And um, 
he hides in the hideaway. He gets in there. He closes the door. He locks it. Everything's good. The, the guy does the security detail sweep and says, everything's clear. You're good to go. They start filming, and Sasha pulls out his phone to contact his, his crew, and his phone's at 3% battery. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, he goes, he goes, we did all this shit, and nobody thought to charge the phones, huh? <laughs> Damn. Uh, he, he was he was he was lucky enough to wear like it it he didn't need the phone for that long and it was already on airplane mode so it was gonna save as much battery as possible. But yeah, that shit was hilarious. Yeah. It's definitely a definitely worth a watch. Um I I tell you, I just, it's some of the stuff is I, I don't want to say eye-opening because the first movie was an eye-opening movie, but it just it, it sometimes still surprises me how many if you want more. If you want better eye-opening shit, watch Who Is America. Oh yeah, I'm not seeing that one. Um, he plays he plays a bunch of characters. I was showing my dad about it the other day, and um, um, he uh. See how many characters I'm pulling up the list right now. Um, one of my favorite characters that he plays is uh, here it is. So he plays Billy Wayne Rudick Jr. PhD, which is a far right conspiracy theorist. <laughs> he has a self proclaimed uh, citizen. Uh, he's a self proclaimed citizen journalist who publishes his the- his investigations on a website called truthberry.org. Instead of library, it's truthberry. <laughs> uh, he plays Dr. Nira Kane Denicelli or whatever. A progressive lecturer on gender studies at Reed College. Um, Rick Sherman, a recently released British ex-convict who uses his limited resources in, in, in prison to create art, music, and culinary dishes. Every scene with him is hilarious because he uses... My favorite one is when he was using blood and shit to paint on canvases, and then people were, like, gonna pay thousands of dollars for them. Jesus. That was fucking hilarious. Uh, then there's Aaron Murad. This is the uh, ex-Israeli anti-terrorist expert. And this is the guy that gets the senator to say the racist shit on camera. Uh-huh. Um, then there's Gio Monaldo, Monaldo, Monaldo um, an Italian billionaire playboy and fashion designer from Milan. His entire bit with that character is to show how like shitty the fashion world is. Um, and then there's OMG Wizboy OMG, a Finnish YouTuber uh, with an unboxing channel. The 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 stuff with him is 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 kind of funny. It's less eye opening, but like <laughs> one of my favorite bits is he uh, he starts uh, spouting um, very uh, fascist ideas in the middle of his unboxing videos with a guest. <laughs> oh my god! This is just like yeah. Th- what'd you say? <laughs> Like yes. I said, less, less eye-opening because his guests on that are always just like, I oh, excuse me? <laughs> but uh, that stuff is a lot more eye-opening because he gets a lot more people to say and do things that they wouldn't normally. And it's fucking fantastic. But Borat 2, to a lesser extent, I feel like. I did like how he got that one guy like on camera saying chop them up like the Saudis do. Oh. Yeah. That was lovely. We're going to inject them with the Wuhan flu. The name of that song. Oh, my God. 
he literally he said he wrote that because of what uh trump said like sp- exclusively what trump said oh well, yeah that's what i figured anyways right <laughs> oh yeah well, so uh we want to give overall thoughts or i was just cutting to that I was a little bit so let's give uh final thoughts and grades and i was gonna pass it to you betty um i absolutely give it an a plus yeah, because it's a story within a story, and it's, I still can't believe fa- people are falling for this these days, you know, I mean, you should know better, but, you know, it was really fun, and I enjoyed watching it with Jeff, and yeah, if he comes out with another one, I'm going to watch it too, and uh, Maya? Uh, I'll give it to me, uh, you know, it was very good, very funny, Um very clever. Oh, just I, I I did like the you know story within a documentary type thing the, with you know the father daughter stuff. But I want one of those handbooks, the Kazakhstan Wildlife and oh, Fisheries yeah. Handbook on how to raise a daughter. Oh my God, I I need a prop replica of that. Yeah, they need to put those on Amazon. <laughs> It's just, oh, I would buy multiple copies of it and I would just walk around with it and just walk up to random people and say, uh, excuse me, is this sound right to you? <laughs> just to fuck with them. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, the guy's a genius. I love him. Uh, and the fact that, you know, he has since gone and donated a hundred thousand dollars right out of his own pocket to the lady that was the babysitter in the movie uh you know he has it shows how much he does you know he he cares and yeah i just i love what he's doing i wish he could do this more often but sadly you know it's like he has said he has to wait a time before he can do something like this because people will remember for so long, but you know, once it's been a while, then it's safe to do again. <sighs> it's, it's good. I've watched it about four times now. <laughs> wow. I've watched it three times myself. Uh, I'm going to give it an A plus as well. I, I fucking love this goddamn movie. I love Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, like again, I, I know I've said it like fucking 80 times. Watch who was America. Like you'll get just as much of a kick of that as you did this. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I really find it impressive on two on two different levels. First off, they started filming this before the pandemic hit the United States. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when it did, they leaned into it. They said, we got to play with it. We got to play along with it. And, and they did an excellent fucking job with that. They rolled with the punches the entire time, like running into the CPAC fucking thing in a, in a Ku Klux Klan outfit yelling, I'm Stephen Miller, was I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, dude. That was great. That was perfect. And, and like the fact that nobody, like there was like a handful of people that were just like the fuck, but everyone else was <laughs> just like, Oh, get out of his way. He's heading somewhere. Like that's Stephen Miller. He's important. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I attest that Stephen Miller is not Ku Klux Klan, but Stephen Miller is the antichrist. So there's that. I mean, he's a piece of shit. That's, that's for sure. That's um, true. But, uh, but yeah, like, anything that Sasha does at this point, I know is going to be good. Like 
whether it's it's his improv stuff or doing something like uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven, which I had to look it up. Um, I know it'll be good. I, I don't know if we'll ever if we'll ever be able. To oh, that's 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 he did that the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah, he's the lead in that. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll have to check that out because I've seen that being advertised the past few days, and I was like, oh, it looks like it might be interesting." Yeah, I might be able to watch, watch that with my folks because my mom loves crime shit, so um, I might be able to goad her into watching it. But, um, but yeah, like again, check out the movie if you like the first one. You'll love the second one. I feel like a lot. Um, again, it's not as funny. It's just straight up not as funny as the first one. But I think that's two things. We've we've known boat riders. We've seen it. We we know like you get the comedy of an, a fish out of water story when it comes to the first boat ride. You, you, it was it was very unexpected. This is expected. You know what's coming from this. So I think that's why it's a little less funny. But you do get a lot more like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that in this one versus the yeah. Show. Uh, like I'd say I'd say that the oh the that there are two similar scenes. Like you said, the the moon blood dance. Is very similar in regards to the naked fight between Borat and Ozmod. I don't know if you guys I, remember that. In the first I one. do. I just i I think it's a scene all itself. Yeah, no, personally, I, it's just, reason, I, it was just say similar. Is because in both scenes, it's just there to get the reaction of the other people versus getting them to do something. This is more of like. It's disgusting to the extent of making people just go, oh, my God, versus like telling a bunch of conservative women that you just masturbated for the first time in a bathroom. Uh, uh, yeah, I, but, you know, it's the thing, too, of, uh, you know, you can't really say anything, you know, I mean, it's just and everybody was clapping along with it at first. And I thought that was hilarious because I knew what was coming. And when it did, I mean. I literally was just hee-hawing laughing. Yeah. No, it's 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 hilarious. Like, I'm not saying that the scene with the blood moon is is less funny because we saw something similar in the first movie. I was just saying, like, both movies have a similar scene. Um the I think that one just sticks with me because I have a period and you know, I've had situations where I was wearing white shorts and didn't realize that my period was going all over the white shorts. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, all right then. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. I think I because I'm I'm looking at it from like a comedy writing perspective and like um when it like the the kids in the fucking VR under VR sorry the kids in the um yeah it was it was an RV an RV Jesus Christ Greg play too many video games uh the kids in the RV in the first movie saying really sexist and racist shit mm -hmm. um, is is borderline similar to Borat being with the two guys in the cabin. Um, it's, it's just, it has a similar vibe to it. And I think I laughed as hard at both scenes that at the time as I did this time. So that's all I'm getting at. Like, it's just similar comedic vibe. That's all. Yeah. You should ask Heather about her time in a cabin in Damascus. <laughs> it's definitely right up there with the Borat story. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Fucking. Pizza, pizza gate believers will always be funny to me. Oh, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, there you go, guys. Go watch Borat 2 if you haven't already, or Borat subsequent movie film. It's uh it's fucking wonderful. Oh, sorry. The coffee is just making its way back, uh, or it's making me burp. That's what I was trying to say. Anyway. 
Sure, it's not a white claw. <sighs> it's not a white claw. <laughs> Uh, before we move on to the devil all the time, I kind of wanted to uh, mention something that I really wanted to watch. It came out uh, Wednesday. Um, if if you've been around on, on Facebook or, or Twitter or even TikTok for that matter, there is a comedian named Sarah Cooper. And she was uh, she gained like uh, viral status there for a hot second by taking um, these uh, quotes from Trump and uh and and like acting them out in a way in a very satirical fashion it was always really fucking funny because the way that she presented herself when she was voicing trump or not voicing trump but acting as trump was always really good um netflix gave her a special it's like 45 minutes long so it's really short but it's it's just called uh everything's fine and uh it is absolutely fucking star-studded like like there's a ton of people but um, there's a bit that they do, uh, with a, a few actors. I don't remember any of the big names, but the, the main one is that, uh, she's Sarah Cooper is playing Trump in a van in, in a bus. And, uh, um, you remember the whole like audio of him, of, of Trump saying that he was going to grab her by the pussy and let, you know, let him do yeah. it. Uh, that audio was used where Sarah Cooper is Trump and, um, Helen Mirren is playing Billy Bush. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Um, because it's 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 that perfect like line of satirical comedy where you're like disgusted but laughing at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's just Chef's Kiss. Like it's just so good. But uh, that's kind of all over the place. Uh, Audrey Plaza plays a. Uh, <gasps> Love her. She plays Audrey a, Plaza. Audrey Plaza. Yeah. yeah. She plays a. Uh, Aubrey. Aubrey. Aubrey with the B. Got it. Okay. Aubrey Plaza plays. Uh, you shall not disrespect Aubrey. I didn't. That's right. Trying to. Uh, <laughs> That's okay because you know she's awesome. Well, she 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 in this in this special it, it's a brief like five minute bit, but she plays a QVC style character. If uh, her name is Karen, which I thought was perfect, uh, but her channel is. Uh, it's not QVC, it's QAnon. Uh, 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 and it's it's a it's a whole bit like as if she is QAnon and she's selling objects to and that they only use a certain type of cryptocurrency. It's really fucking clever. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, it's it's it's, nice. it's yeah, it's 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 funny. I don't know that it it's it's worthy of us to do a full review on the show, but um but definitely, it's it's forty five minutes, and it's again, like I said, it is absolutely star studded. Like if you just go look at the IMDb, you're like, holy shit! Like it's full of people. Maya Rudolph is in it. Um, wow. Fred Armisen's in it. Uh, fucking um, the guy, I can't remember his name. I'm drawing a blank. John something something John Ham. Ham John Ham. Uh, John Ham plays the My Pillow guy at one point. Uh. <laughs> All right, yeah, I've got to watch this. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, but yeah, so go watch that. I just want to bring that up for a minute. Uh, but let's get into the devil all the time. Um, this uh, exclusively on Netflix. I believe it was going to be a theatrical release, but obviously it, it was a theatrical release. Uh, it was released on September 11th, and then five days later, it debuted on Netflix. Uh. But yeah, with with. Uh, 
you know, most places not even having operating theaters and a lot of people. Not make really more money off Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's going to be an interesting thing in the future because I know that a lot of like big budget movies with big names are going to be releasing on, on streaming platforms for this foreseeable future. I know that Disney recently said that they're shifting their entire release schedule to be uh, digital. So, wow. So we might get the like the next Marvel movies just on Disney Plus, but I know I know that they're not going to do what they did with Milan because it was it was not successful in the slightest. That's why Soul from Pixar is just releasing Christmas Day. Just boop, there it is, Disney Plus. So, do you but, hear they've got um, disclaimers now on their older movies when you know they say it's like racism and stuff? Yes. Yeah. I thought that was very very interesting. I learned yeah, some things that A lot of people were upset about that because they took Gone with the Wind down. Uh, but they put it back up, I think, now since with a disclaimer in front. This movie is a product of its time. This is yeah. how things were seen and viewed back then. This does not reflect on the company uh, or our beliefs, et cetera. And most people, out. you would think, are smart enough to realize that. You would think. <laughs> yeah. No. Just what Borat do. Like Borat subsequent movie film come out, and you realize, no, they're really not smart enough to realize that. Sorry. This is why we have disclaimers on coffee mugs that say, contents are hot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not a really big fan of Gone with the Wind to begin with. I think it's way it's too horrible. long, for one. It, uh, for two, it's a horrible celebration of the antebellum South. Ugh. Yeah, you know, and it's like, great if you're a rich white landowner, yay for you. But, you know, if everybody else is like, fuck off, you know. I mean, I just never really cared for it. So, so speaking, of, speaking of Gone with the Wind being a bad representation of the South, how did you feel devil all the time was a representation of the south it's a lot like here <laughs> god damn <laughs> it's a lot like here 20 years ago i'm not kidding you before um, before the internet this little town would was the equivalent of maybe a, a late 1960s 1970s fucking uh southern small southern town that you saw in ohio there uh uh, knock them off. Is that, is that knock them stiff, Ohio? It's an knock actual real place. Yeah. And then the other part of it was in West Virginia. Um, Cold Creek. I, for the most part, the accents weren't bad, but <laughs> the Skarsgård doing the mm, Gamers and Biscuits accent was just really killing me. And every time he talked, I just giggle a little bit because. I was just waiting for something like that to come out of his mouth. And I get it. it it's a little harder for him. I, I I don't know because I I know so well what this these accents sound like. And it's just like some of them were a little too drawn out. Like Robert Patterson, I think he 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 could have done better if he pulled it back just a bit, you know. He was really playing up that you know holier than thou preacher act yeah i feel like i feel like some of the the lesser uh intense roles were um a bit overacted 
uh, I think by far Tom Holland was the was the best. Oh yeah. Uh, and again, I don't know. Like again, I I'm, I'm from California. I've lived in California my literal entire life. Uh, I've been out of the state once and um, twice actually. I guess technically you count the second time I went to North Carolina, but um, yeah, that counts leaving the state. Well, I was thinking the reason I think once is because I went to the exact same place twice. That's all. Um, but you went twice. I so. did go twice. Yes, that's again. <laughs> that's why I was only counting it once, but it is twice. Uh, but from my experience and 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 my my understanding of certain things, like southern people, like they don't talk like this, ma'am. Like it does not. It's over. <laughs> Yeah, no, they yes, don't. they do. <laughs> they do hear. They don't tend to yell. I mean, oh, you, you never know. met my mother. Well, thank God for some things, but yeah. you know, it's where did the nail polish go? Um, my mother does know. not have an indoor voice, is what we refer to it. Uh, it's, all, it's all yelling like you're yelling across the way at someone who's hundreds of feet away, but. Four feet from her. Well, that would drive me nuts, man. I don't know how you deal with it. I, I mean, don't. you know, it, it again, you know, some of the accents weren't bad at all. Some of them were just a little too hard. I think Tom Holland did a really great job. The guy who was the narrator is actually the guy who wrote the book. Uh-huh. He's done a couple of narrations. Um, he threw me Donald off in the beginning. Yeah, he threw me off in the beginning. I was like, what's going on here? This is interesting. This is not what I expected. You know, and the way yeah, it... grew up in that town, knock them stiff. Ah, well, mm-hmm. the way they intertwined, he intertwined that story. It was just so beautifully done. It wasn't a, you know, yay, feel good movie, but it was a very beautifully done movie. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's it's... It's again. I made the joke after we were done, after I was done watching it, because these two had watched it before me, speaking now directly to the audience. And the joke I made was, "Hey guys, I'm done watching uh, Southern um, Departed," because yeah. it, it reminded me of Departed quite a bit. But it is its own movie. It 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 is. Uh, I think it's really well structured in terms of the pacing and how it's telling its story. Um, it has a very uh, Cohen brothers feel too when it comes to other characters and then and then they end up in, interacting with other characters mm-hmm. um like for example the 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 two that were the um the killing people and you didn't know how their story was going to collide with somebody else's and then boom it does um i thought that shit was like super fucking clever i was like this is this is great like the 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 I think that's more in the Coer Brothers line of like how all these characters, because there's a shit ton of characters, just FYI. Oh, yeah. And how uh, it was very star studded. I was very impressed. I was like, wow, I know you, and I know you, and I know you. Yeah, Sebastian Stan was fantastic with what he was doing. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the one preacher who ended up being the uh, father, uh, the spider guy who was a very snake handler. That was the kid that played Dudley Dursley in the Harry mm-hmm. Potter. <laughs> it is. Holy shit. It is. He's been in some other things too. And he's actually he a was, really good actor. Yeah. He was, uh, he was the armless legless, uh, 
character in the uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs in the short story with yep. Liam Neeson. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I forgot about and that. He lost some weight, but his face was still unrecognizable because I looked at him I said, isn't he from Harry Potter? And Jeff was like, no. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure he was on Harry Potter. I looked him up. I was like, yep, that was Dudley. <laughs> but he did a good job. I think, um, I think he did a decent Southern accent, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. His role was a bit terrifying. Oh, absolutely. Uh, how it all twisted and turned around, though, that was interesting. I like that. This is definitely okay. a story for me where there's no there's no good guy bad guy situation. Like there are antagonists and protagonists because you kind of kind of have to with the story, but nobody's good and nobody's bad. Like choices that are made by characters in this, I never aligned myself going, I'd have made that same choice. Yeah, they're uh, human. Well, with the exception of Jason Clark's character. I'm drawing a blank on who that is. The, the photographer. Oh, Carl? Carl. Yeah. He had Yeah. He, he took, was a straight up dick. He was a straight up evil character. Oh yes, 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 yes. There were there were definitely evil characters though. I'm not saying there aren't. I'm just pointing out that like even Tom Holland's character, I was like, all right, that's a bit extreme, bud. Um, but I understood it. I understood yeah. where he was coming from and and the and the history of violence within his family and stuff like that. So it made sense. But that's kind of what I'm getting at in regards to how I felt about the story, like, and how I how I kind of watch stories as a whole. Like, um, I don't ever see myself in a character. I just kind of go, "Oh, that's an interesting take that, or interesting, you know, place that they want to go, or anything in regards to that." I think that that's just it's just a fascinating story. I think this is why my dad doesn't like Coen Brothers movies because he doesn't he doesn't really s relate to any character. Um, and again, this is not a Coen Brothers movie. It's not Martin Scorsese. It's just clearly inspired by, yeah. like, at least directorial wise. But, uh, um, well, I was telling, uh, Maya after we had watched it, you know, that it was a stark reality of how we treated the soldiers that came back from, you know, World War One to yeah. Vietnam, Korea, because he was in Korea, you know, and I think if, he hadn't been there and seen the things he'd seen, he probably would have been a rather normal person because he had gotten out of the whole praying thing. Right. And when he moved with his wife into, you know, uh, that town, he started praying again in such odd ways. And the things that were going on was like, man, you need a therapist. You know, <laughs> this is not yes. how this should be working right now. That's, that's the thing. I don't really know if he would have turned out better or not because I mean, look at, I don't think his... he would have killed a dog. I mean, that was such an extreme reaction. And I think because of what he went through in Korea and not having a therapist or any medication like Lexapro or Xanax, you know, which he really could have used a handful of those. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think he would have had a better chance at being maybe a, a slightly angry person, but more of a normal person because i'm sorry if you see someone up on a cross like that you know they're dying you got to shoot them in the head to give them mercy that fucks with the person it took us so long to figure out how 
war actually affects those who live and come back, you know? And our country still doesn't do enough. They do not. The VA is such bullshit. Such bullshit. And, you know, I hadn't I hadn't really placed that into the plot. So I'm glad you brought that up, Betty, because I really hadn't. I knew it was there. It was always in my mind of like, yeah, the war fucked him up. Um, but yeah, like in in a in a way, this entire plot wouldn't have happened had he not experienced what yeah. he in Korea. I mean, it uh, had to happen for the story and what a good story it was, you know. I mean, it it was beautiful, but I think it also brought some of that to light and how we treated people when they came back from that. It's like how we treated people when they came back from Korea, how we treated people when they came back from Vietnam or didn't go to Vietnam, you know, I mean, it's not easy being a soldier. It's just not, and it's not for everybody and not everybody has the mental capacity to handle it. And even those that do find it very, very hard to deal with. It's not halo. I mean, people I see, you know, young kids, oh, I killed so many people on halo. I'd be a great Marine. No, you fucking wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You know, <laughs> it's funny you said Halo, but I'd go more with Call of Duty nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My son is twenty-seven, so I yeah. we don't deal with those games anymore. Halo right. is what he was playing when he was like eighteen. So right. yeah, same here, same fucking here. Um, it would that that fra- that that reference would have worked like ten years ago, but I think with the popularity of Call of Duty nowadays, especially Fortnite, maybe. But those games, I mean, they give these people a heightened sense of confidence. Like, you know, if the zombie apocalypse happens tomorrow, they'll be just fine. It's like, no, you won't. Well, you have no idea of what the real world is because you've been sitting in front of your computer just shooting people with a controller. That's not how it works. It reminded me of of my nephew who, uh, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but he he was confident he could drive a car. He was like, I play, play uh, uh, not Call of Duty, but... um, Grand Theft Auto all the time, like I can drive a car, no biggie. He gets into his dad's truck, doesn't know where the fucking brake is, ends up like the truck rolling down a hill, broke his friend's arm, and oh. ran into a fucking mailbox and destroyed it. Oh my god! That was pissed. Um, what is it like to get your license in California? What do you have to do? Well, this they you were when this happened, but what, what, the thing is, though, he very Grand Theft Auto esque. Yeah, he did right. Yeah. <laughs> You have to yeah. give him credit for that. He he. Hey, ran, I got to teach Lydia how to drive, and I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> the, uh, from the uh, nest cam that that was it was filmed on, um, the footage I saw was that both boys, him and his neighbor, they wanted to play basketball, but the truck was in the way. And uh, what was funny to me was like where his neighbor's house was. There's a basketball hoop over there. You can see it in the nest cam, but they refused to play on that one. They needed to play on the one that the truck was in the way on. So Nathan runs in the house. He grabs the, uh, the keys and he hops into the truck bed and his friend was hanging on the door, like hanging on the side of the door or whatever. Um, you see the truck just roll hella back. You see his friend like kind of fall down, get knocked off and then like get up and his arms just dangling. And you see the truck just hit into a neighbor's fucking mailbox and then stop. So how long was he grounded for? So he didn't get grounded. And I'll wow. explain that. Nathan, Nathan, uh, he'll be, he, he, his own punishment and guilt, like breaking his friend's arm and damaging his dad's truck and damaging the, the neighbor's mailbox was more than enough for Nathan. Um, 
So what they ended up doing was that Nathan had to do basically a shit ton of chores to pay for it, to pay for the medical bills, to pay for the, I think he's still doing chores to pay for it. I don't know, but I am. Uh, Cause this was back in February of this year. So yeah, he's definitely still paying that shit off. Yeah. A hundred percent. But um, yeah, he wasn't grounded just because it was like, you're going to have to do a lot of shit to, to, to fix this. Like your punishment is not that you can't do things. Your punishment is that you're going to have to do other things you didn't want to do. So like him and his dad went and bought all the stuff from home Depot to fix the neighbor's mailbox. And Nathan did it. Nathan just, Nathan had to do it. <laughs> his dad was there, you know, telling him what to do and whatnot. And, and uh, the the kid's mom, whose arm got broken, he was like, uh, she came over and she's like, well, I don't want him to have to pay for the medical bills, to which I guess my sister was like, we're going to make him think that he's paying for them. He needs to be punished for that. Yeah. So they went the whole way. But it was watching that footage. I could not help but laugh. Like, it was just funny to me. Like, I felt bad for Nathan to an extent because I was like, man, like, you knew better, dude. Like, you're smarter than that. But then again, you know, 15, all teenagers were kind of dumb. <laughs> fourteen, he was fourteen. He's yeah. Now, all teenagers are kind of dumb. Oh. <laughs> Even us, we were dumb well, at one point. <laughs> yeah, I say, I say this all the time. Like I'm 37, and I'm like, yeah, when I was 20, I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> right. So, um, I was an idiot until, well, until Misty, pretty much met me and even then it took her a while to get me to leave a lot of my idiot tendencies behind she had to bitch smack you a few times <laughs> she never she's never raised a hand to me but you know yeah um, a bitch smack your brain then yeah yeah in that regard yeah <laughs> which i was 29 when she and i met so wow Damn. i was 18 when i met jeff but we got married when I was 24 and then three months later I was pregnant. So yeah. <laughs> well, some mistakes are, uh, are better taught uh, in, in regard. Or, yeah. Or, sorry. Some mistakes are better taught and others are uh, learned. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't supposed to be able to get pregnant. So we were really shocked. We were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but it worked out. It's all good. Yeah, but anyways, back to the movie. Um, the I think the narration really sold me on it. You know, um, I think he did a good job at that. Uh, God, when um, Lenora did what she did, man, it broke my heart. You know, because she was about to stop, and what do you do? Shit happens, man. Yeah. 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 I think that's something about this movie that I really appreciated was that I, I like when it when a good tragic story gives no shits about its characters, like nobody has plot armor. Not a single character. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. Yeah, I think you know, it was just very well done. It was not at all what I was expecting. And you know, it just how it just interwove everything, which is so amazing and so inspiring. And I, I think everybody listening should definitely watch this movie oh, because I, it was so good. Yeah. It's again, there's, there's like two characters I think that have like over, over the top accents, 
but everybody else is great. Like I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like they like it was like Robert Pattinson overacted with his accent. Oh yeah, he did. But his character, yeah. like the way he presented his character, was great. Like he did a good oh, yeah. job with that part. Um, there was one other character that I thought was was not great, but I don't remember well, who. Well, Skarsgård really bothered me, but he wasn't in it for that long, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was just you know mm, biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 always interesting to me too when when like. Skarsgård has those like crazy eyes. Uh, oh yeah! When he reins it in for a role, I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> like, how do you how do you change your eyes to look not crazy and then go back to crazy? I was like, I was telling Jeff, I could tell a Skarsgård just by looking at him from the back. I don't even know how, but they just have this particular <laughs> stance, and I'm like, that's yeah. a Skarsgård. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. No fucking kidding. that whole family is way too talented. I feel like Jesus. Yeah, uh, they are talented. For anybody curious, uh, Skarsgård, uh, uh, Bill Skarsgård specifically played uh, Pennywise in the new It remake. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm more so saying the eyes thing. But uh, in his other roles, he's done the same thing. So it's just dudes, dudes talented. But yeah, his accent was definitely very uh, sling blade ish. Yeah, <laughs> it's cracking uh, me up. I'm glad he was in it for that. Because I would have been cracking up through the whole movie. <laughs> that Carl guessed something else. Uh, we'll get him on the podcast one day. Yeah, we'll have to do that one day. Um, oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I guess we give our final thoughts in a grade if everyone's ready. I don't sure. know. If really, talk up about the movie. Um, I'll just, hey. I'll just. Yes, Maya? No, I was just going to say, you know, it's a wonderful little character study over, you know, the this family and how it intertwines between the two locations that are, at the time, 10 hours apart, you know, back in the 50s and 60s. Um, it's, it was a fascinating little character study, I thought. But, yeah, definitely check it out. I mean, Tom yeah, Holland brilliant in it um i mean yeah it's it's i'm gonna give it an a um i think my only complaint is it moves a little slower than my brain wants to wants to go with sometimes um but it it picks up pace pretty quickly after like 30 minutes i want to say um i don't know like like i said i have my add brain just likes to lose interest real quick on so i had to like focus back onto the movie um, but, uh, cause I know there's some stuff I probably missed. There's probably, probably relations to characters names that I just, my brain was like, no, nope, not going to remember that ever. Um, <laughs> and that, I don't think that's the movie's fault, but it does. There are scenes that are slow. Like for example, the scene, which Sebastian Stan's character is talking to the like mob boss guy. I don't know what his role was. My brain just did not want to pay. Leroy Brown. Okay. Yeah. He was the baddest man in the whole damn town. All right. <laughs> Stronger than old King Kong. Again, what, I took away, dog. what I took <laughs> away from that scene was that Sebastian Stan's character as a cop was basically uh, corrupt and under thumb of this guy uh, based on the interaction and the way they acted and like the spitting on the money um, was that like 
Sebastian Stan didn't want to do what he was doing, but he had to do what he was doing. So that was the important takeaway versus like character names and all this kind of stuff. Like I just didn't, my brain just was like, nope, not going to remember any of that. And I was like, okay, well just, just get the, just get the, the, the feeling down. That's all I care about. Yeah. But, um, and it does a great job of doing that. Like, again, if you have, if you have a similar brain to mine, it'll keep your attention regardless. I think it moves around between characters enough to where you focus, your, your focus gets, gets readjusted and you're just kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So that's what I'm saying. That's why I, I go with the Scorsese slash Coen brothers feel to it. I like, if you've ever seen burn after reading and how it swaps between characters so quickly, that was the same kind of idea, but I think f- feeling behind this, it swaps characters really fast. Plus, I love the narration. Like, thank you for that. Like, I know that it's based off a book, but giving a narration idea behind a book, like that's, I, I loved it. So yeah, that was brilliant. Um, uh, Maya, what was your grade on it? I, did you say grade? Oh uh, no, no, I'll give it an A. Uh, beautifully shot, well acted, um, well narrated. I like the fact that the guy that wrote the story, who grew up in the area of Knock'em Stuff, Ohio, and set it there, narrated the movie version, the adaptation. It's just, there's lots to love in this movie. Uh, you know, the performances all around, the casting. Uh, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Misty, she didn't watch the entire thing because she was, you know, doing a few things, uh, and in and out and what she saw, she's like, I want to watch that whole thing. I was like, yeah, it's really good. It's depressing as all fuck, but you know, it's, uh, it's not an uplifting, uh, heartwarming movie by any stretch of the means, but it's a good fucking story. Mm -hmm. I'll give it an A. Uh, Well, I, you know, I have to give it an A plus. Um, I, it, it caught my attention from the very beginning. Uh, I wasn't doing anything else. I was just sitting there, you know, with my uh, face in my hands, just staring at the TV and, you know, making commentary like, no, why would you do that? You know, <laughs> that's not right. But I thought it was, you know, really, really well done because, again, it was not what I was expecting. The narration brought a lot to the story because it, it gave an insight into the characters that otherwise you wouldn't see. Um, and I think that it gives a really good look at what it was like to live, you know, in kind of the mid South, you know, at that point in time. So definitely an a plus I would recommend to anybody that they definitely need to watch this movie because it, it was really good, really well done. And the cast was phenomenal. So a plus for me. All right. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, two excellent shows for you to check out. If you haven't, uh, yet, um, I know that, uh, I know that even though like, Maya and I gave it an A and not an A plus. Like that's still incredible. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so don't don't feel discouraged on watching Devil All the Time. I think it's definitely worth your time. It's a it's a two hour film and it two and a half hours. Is it two and a half? I thought it was two hours. Hundred and thirty eight minute runtime. There you go. Um, so it's, it's long, but it's worth it. It's absolutely oh, yeah. worth it. 
All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today, everybody. Um, make sure you follow us on all our socials, which you'll find down below, uh, including our new Twitch channel. We have a brand new Twitch channel. That's uh, twitch.tv slash all underscore queued underscore up. Uh, that's what we'll be doing our Jackbox streams from here on out. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we're going to try to set up uh, 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 Betty's Xbox and maybe Maya's PlayStation to be able to stream if they want to, whenever they want to. Uh, that's maybe. something I might get back into because I do have uh, the remote play on my PC to where I could stream and everything on here. It's, it's something that I've thought about getting back into. Yeah, uh, there you go. The time because I did enjoy it. Although, be forewarned, when I stream, don't watch me for my gameplay. Watch me for my personality because my storytelling is where I shine. <laughs> yeah, when you were doing the uh, the 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 Final Fantasy streams, and you were doing all the voices and whatnot. And will we be streaming tomorrow night with Jackbox? Yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be there. Um, as far as I know, we're gonna we're gonna stream tomorrow night. And again, oh. I, I have the new party pack. We've played a lot, all, all, every game on it, and we enjoy at least three of the five. Um, I, I, I want to try Champed Up again. I don't know how well it'll work because, like, it was fine, but I think the problem with it is uh, a lot of genitalia fighting each other. Yeah, that's yeah. Like that one guy could draw so good. <laughs> yeah, he was probably using a tablet. I know, yeah. but he was still good. I was impressed. <laughs> I'm sitting there with my fat finger trying to draw on my, you know, phone screen. I was like, "Oh my god, you were putting me to shame." And I'm an artist. <laughs> we're all we're all making like <laughs> dick figures and and crude five, you know, fit, five fifth five year old drawings. I can't even talk now. And uh, this dude's like, "Hold on, Picasso." <laughs> yeah, right. He was amazing. But Picasso Wiener. Because, I mean, yeah. it's missing a testicle <laughs> missing a testicle uh and also um <laughs> that entire stream that entire saturday stream is uh um is on our our youtube channel right now um yep. it's in five different parts so you can go check that out if you'd like um because thankfully the way that my xbox runs is that like in between each show it cuts so like I'm just like okay fucking five parts great like the first one is is Quiplash three and then the next one is um, Blather around and then it's Talking Point it's great I love it. Uh, so that's well, something that Greg has been doing. He's been editing and uploading when we played the Jackbox games to our YouTube channel. Uh, you know, so if you are, you know, and all the shows are being currently uploaded slowly to the youtube channel too in case you know you want to have a visual slide i'm not going nuts with it like i used to but they're yeah. still there um yeah i think i think for visual slide purposes if you just like have the show that we're, we're reviewing just on screen like a poster of it i don't care about like multiple images just like one it's also totally fucking acceptable Speaking of new slides, shout out and a huge thank you to Mr. William Fong, a.k.a. Mr. Jet 3000 on Instagram, who did our new art, our new avatars that you can see everywhere uh, because I've been updating the social media with them this week. Um, 
super talented artist. Uh, the style that he went with uh, for us made us look amazing. And, you know, if you're looking for somebody to do some artwork, great guy to commission some artwork from. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Fung. Uh, good friend and, you know, amazing artist. Uh, just thanks so much for making us look like a million bucks. Yes, thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, fantastic. It was, I, I, I've seen my art for about a month now <laughs> where your guys took a little bit longer, but, um, well, I, I also, you know, the whole mine was initially started and then I made the decision to come out publicly. So mine had to be redone. Yeah. And which is understandable. You know, and, and the, the, the fact that he had and then his hand really injury, cool. the hand injury, you know, so, I mean, it took a while to get everything done, but shit happens. it was, shit it. happens and he got it done. He did an amazing job and yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's close this out. Uh, Maya, where can folks find you online? And they can find me under um, Facebook under my name, uh, Maya Don Fisher. Um, you, it's a public profile on Facebook. My Instagram and Twitter uh, are linked to that. Uh, if you want to follow me on those, you can. Uh, I am back to doing my full workload of uh, podcasts, <laughs> three a week. So every, well, three every other week, two every week. Uh, so in addition to this, uh, every Friday with you guys, I'm on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel every Friday night at 9 p.m. on MPSP Theater and every other Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. on Figabang. Um, and that's where I am primarily. Uh, Betty, where can people find you? Uh, Bright Betty on Twitter and uh, Betty Better Ogletree on Facebook. I am active on both. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, you can find me on all socials under Chubb Ruck Geek. Um, literally all of them. Um, uh, sorry, I was looking at my notes here. Thank you guys for listening so much. We appreciate it. I think next week we're going to review episode one of the Mandalorian season two, mm -hmm. which I'm going to watch. I'm going today. to go watch immediately as soon as we finish recording. <laughs> yeah, I got to start season one. So that's what I'll be doing today. Season one, you can watch all, uh, this afternoon, have it done by five o'clock if you started right now. Really? That's yeah. not bad. Maybe I should wait for Jeff then. Yeah, it's it's eight episodes. The longest episode is 46 minutes, and most episodes are around 35 to 40 minutes. Yeah, okay. I think I'll Actually, wait for Jeff then. Yeah. That longer episode, too, I think it was the one uh, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, if I'm not mistaken. That one was a little bit longer, and the season finale... Yeah, in the first episode, the other, the others, yeah, he's in right about the thirty-two. So I think I'll wait for him. It, it's it's very different. So you know, I know you've not always been a big Star Wars fan, but I yeah. think you will enjoy this. I've heard that, so yeah, I'm I'm not upset at watching it. I'm just going it's to wait on him. <laughs> very space spaghetti western kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yay. That's what I love about about Star Wars is that you can do a ton of different genres within Star Wars and it works. Um, yeah, and you don't have to stick to the movies. Uh, but anyway, uh, I don't think I don't know that we have anything else to re to review next week. But if you stick to our socials, uh, uh, our private ones, the main one for all queued up, we'll definitely let you guys know if there's something that pops up like a movie or something that maybe we want to add to the list. Um, 
But uh, but yeah, guys, again, thank you for so much for being here, and uh, we'll see you then. All right, peace, love, and polypops. <laughs> Take care, everybody.